This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Based on shocking true events, the new Hulu original series, Under the Bridge, tells the story of a savage murder in a small town. Starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone, Under the Bridge is now streaming with new episodes Wednesdays only on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Grammarly. Change the way you write with Grammarly Go, offering personalized generative AI communication assistance. Grammarly Go helps you ideate, compose, rewrite, and reply thoughtfully. Go to Grammarly.com slash go. We cover a lot of new movies around here, and some of them even become our new faves of the moment. Nevertheless, at the end of the year, we always have a list of gems we didn't get to talk about, and now's our chance to show them some love. I'm Aisha Harris, and today on NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, we're making recommendations for great movies we missed in 2023. This message comes from NPR sponsor BritBox, helping people discover a world of British TV, including new original drama Time, starring Jodie Whittaker, Tamara Lawrence, and Bella Ramsey, streaming at BritBox.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. This message comes from NPR sponsor CarMax. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because CarMax believes you shouldn't just settle for a car, you should love your car. That's why every car they sell has CarMax certified quality, so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. Don't settle, find love at first drive. Start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Do you wish stories could unfold over three hours rather than three minutes? You tired of doom scrolling? Trying to find humanity? Or maybe a deeper understanding of why the world is the way it is? Listen to Embedded, NPR's original documentary series. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. The Embedded podcast brings you eye-opening reporting. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Immersive journalism. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Personal stories. I was scared. Like, I can't protect you. We are NPR's home for documentary storytelling. Find Embedded wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Linda Holmes. 2023 has been quite a year for pop culture. Barbie, Oppenheimer, Fast Car, Succession, Cocaine Bear. We have loved talking about all of it here on the show. We're excited about everything we'll dig into in 2024, hopefully with your support. This is where we want to say a big thank you to our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus supporters and anyone listening who already donates to public media. And to anyone out there who isn't a supporter yet, right now is the time to get behind the NPR network, especially with our journalists gearing up for an important election year. Supporting public media now takes just a few minutes and makes a real difference in what's possible moving forward. Join NPR Plus or make a tax-deductible donation now at donate.npr.org slash happy. And thanks.
Joining me today is NPR film critic Bob Mondello. Hello, Bob. Hey, it's good to be here. It's great to have you here. We also have Philadelphia Inquirer's arts and entertainment editor and film critic Badatri D. Chaudhry. Hey, Badatri. Hello. So nice to be back. Yes, yes. And also here with us is Jordan Cruciola. She's a writer, producer, and the host of the podcast, Feeling Seen on Maximum Fun. Hey, Jordan. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. As always, I'm happy to be back. Yes, yes. I love this crew. And for this episode, each of us is going to be offering up one film recommendation from 2023 that didn't get its own Pop Culture Happy Hour episode. So, Bob... Why don't you kick us off first? All right. I went nuts at the end of the (laughs) summer over a picture called Scrapper. It's a little tiny movie, very British. It's made by a first-time director. Her name is Charlotte Regan. Mm -hmm. And it's about a little girl. She's 12 years old. Her single mom died a couple of months earlier. And she has managed to hide this from social services. She is very independent. She's doing really well. She's functioning at top levels. By stealing bicycles and selling the parts, she's managed to keep her rent going. She is surviving, and everything is sort of okay. I mean, it's awful, but it's it's okay. Yeah. And then over the back fence comes this guy she doesn't recognize. And it's the father who left her mother when she was born. And oh. he's played by Harris Dickinson, an actor who I realized I have seen every time I turn around. He's in another movie. <laughs> right now, I think he's in uh, The Iron Claw. He's, he's one of the brothers. Um, he's a wonderful actor. He's really great. And he shows up, and he starts trying to be a, the dad that he hasn't been for like 12 years. And so he's cooking food, and she loses a tooth on a, a piece of garlic bread that he made. Oh, I mean, she's very suspicious of his presence, but... But he's trying to be a good dad. And she stays suspicious, including at one point, well, just listen. What are you doing? Nothing. What are you awake for? You nicking my money? No. I was looking for your tooth. Why would I put my tooth underneath my pillow? For the tooth fairy. Put your tooth under the pillow and then the tooth fairy gives you a couple of quid, don't she? Does she? Yeah. She's never done that before. She must own like 20 quid then. <laughs> She's a real operator. <laughs> She's kind of wonderful. <laughs> so anyway, it's a lovely little story. Mm. It's sort of an adolescent coming-of-age story in which it's turned on its head so that he's the one who needs to step up and be a father so that she can let go and be a kid. And it's just a, it's a lovely, it's, it's just a lovely little movie. I think it was my favorite movie at the end of the summer. It was just, you know, I, I just sort of, oh my gosh, I have to review this. And nobody had ever heard of it. And I know it just disappeared almost immediately, but it's, it's a lovely film. So anyway, mm. I highly recommend it. Yeah, that was not on my radar. <laughs> I don't know about you, Badatri uh, no. and Jordan. No. Yeah. It sounds very charming, though. Also, how bad was that garlic bread that she broke a tooth in? <laughs> yeah, what could that even be? I think when you when you're 12, you you just lose teeth. Right? That just that just happens. That's, that's fair. Fair, fair. Maybe the garlic bread was actually delightful. <laughs> well, thank you for that recommendation, Bob. That is Scrapper, and you can find it on Showtime. And now I have to say this: Paramount Plus with Showtime. Okay. Uh, and you. You can also find it to rent on VOD. All right, Badatri, let's get to your pick. Yes, and from a completely different corner of the world, my pick is called Joyland, Mm. and it's a Pakistani film. It's in Urdu, which I don't speak much, but I speak Hindi, and they 
very similar in some ways so i could thankfully watch this film without subtitles not that there's anything wrong with watching films with subtitles <laughs> yeah, on subtitles. okay a flex okay <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> we love a flex sometimes no yes. shade <laughs> <laughs> so this is actually the debut feature film from um director saim sadiq and it played at can actually a year back in 2022 mm. And uh, won a certain regard there and then was Pakistan's entry for the Oscars, but then it was banned in Pakistan and it was Pakistan's first film ever to be shortlisted. So it was like there's this whole story to the film's distribution and then it played in Sundance in 2023. It's a very interesting film about queer and masculine sexualities in South Asia. Mm. You know, what I loved about it is not in the Western queer theory way. It's it's very much made in a vein in which South Asians have always known queerness. Mm. So it's about this guy called Haider, who's played by the actor Ali Junejo, who is actually married uh, to this woman called Mumtaz and played by the fantastic actor Rusty Farooq. I think she's the best thing about the film. She's very, very good. She's so good. And they live with Haider's family. It's a joint family structure in Pakistan. And Haider doesn't have a job. So what he does is he joins a burlesque dance troupe. And the lead dancer of the burlesque dance troupe, this woman called Biba, who's played by Alina Khan, I would say the closest Western translation to her sexuality would be trans. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. in South Asia, we call it hijra. And we kind of grow up with this idea of a third gender. uh, Mm -hmm. That's the hijra community. So I I thought the film was so well nuanced in portraying queerness as we know queerness in South Asia and not Mm -hmm. capital Q, queer studies, Western academia kind of way. The story is um, Haider eventually falls in love with Biba, but he's, of course, very confused about his sexuality because to the world, he's a straight man uh, married to a woman within this very strict family structure, which Mm -hmm. demands certain kind of financial and social responsibility from its sons. And then he's in this confused place, which kind of ends up hurting both Biba and Mumtaz. And I'm not going to spoil it. The film does have kind of a tragic ending. That's the only problem I had with the film that for for a man to discover his reality or truth do women have to mm. keep suffering mm-hmm. but apart from that i think if you know if you're interested in queer stories from the world over but just also interested in stories from the world over i think this is such a fantastic film and you know it it goes into the nuances of what does it mean to be a man what does it mean to be a queer man what does it mean to be a queer husband all of those things so beautifully well and the film does a huge service to the way south asian women south asian muslim women are portrayed in films Again, going back to Rusty Farooq, she's the star of the film in spite of all the other stars in the film. Mm. <laughs> People have so much to say about Muslim countries and queerness and Muslim countries and homosexuality and the way it's treated uh, within those countries and their governments. I think, you know, the, this film is such an important reminder that, sure, 
it might not be quote unquote illegal or quote unquote socially acceptable, but there are mm-hmm. queer people everywhere in this world, even in Muslim yeah. countries, and they are all leading lives of happiness and sadness like the rest of us in the world over. It's really compelling. It's it's a wonderful film. I'm I'm, I'm so glad you did this one. This yeah, and it's so 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 beautifully mm-hmm. layered, and in in a way that most South Asian films that mm-hmm. get to the West are not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. which is why this film trumped all the other films on my list mm-hmm. uh, which i was asked to draw up in preparation for this episode <laughs> so the film is saim sadiq's uh, joyland and it's available on vod i love that you chose this film this is actually gonna, on my short list of movies i was going to pick as well mm-hmm. because i when i caught up with it i was just like wow this is really beautiful and also yeah. went places that i wasn't expecting yeah, it to yeah. so yeah thank you so much patri well thank you all for agreeing with me <laughs> <laughs> look look we love we love to do it love the flex <laughs> <laughs> so jordan tell us what is your pick i've i've heard of this one i haven't seen it but i've heard stuff about it <laughs> true to my characteristics on any podcast i am the trash can raccoon come to bring yes. you what i have found amidst the refuse and this is a movie I- I would like to say that you all have heard of but you maybe all haven't because somehow despite being a major theatrical release I feel like people were like there's a Tony Collette movie out this year and it suffers an absolutely unjust 22% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. and Mafia Mama Oh I saw that <laughs> The latest movie from director Catherine Hardwick I got to tell you folks This movie is a hoot and a half. This movie is a wonderful time and you could feel that this movie was co-written by a gay man tasked with giving Tony Collette material involving her inheriting a mafia empire that she as a polite and accommodating wife and mother who realizes her loser husband has been cheating on her and her son's about to go off to college so she's empty nesting then she realizes a grandfather I never knew I had passed away. and I'm inheriting something from him so she finds herself in the middle of a mafia funeral having absolutely no idea what's going on around her when a hail of bullets sort of welcomes her into this new life of being the don this is tony collette's eat pray love as a mafia don who wants to like go eat gelato in italy and make cupcakes for her like peer crime boss families to like smooth the conversations over amidst conflict I was shocked at what good not laughing at it fun I was have. I was like, "Oh, I'm all in on this. Is this the great comedy of 2023?" I was so sure when I walked out. I was like, "I don't know if it's going to do well, but I know that it's going to be an overlooked treasure." <laughs> And the, the the linchpin of this film, I will say, is that her consigliere in this family is played by Monica Bellucci. Oh. And I'm going to go ahead and call it. I listen, I I've seen like heady substantial cinema from Monica Bellucci. I think this might be one of the great roles of Monica Bellucci's lifetime because it doesn't have her being like abused, sad. Like this is Monica Bellucci as for reasons I'm unclear on. She has had an amputated leg in this movie. It does factor into the plot in a certain way, okay. but it also it features her giving like counseling and coaching Tony Collette and them becoming sort of like that's girlfriends over the course of them dealing with this big change together and this movie features a scene of Tony Collette in a bed with a canopy located outside in like an Italian villa landscape where Monica Bellucci comes to give her a pep talk and ends up straddling Tony Collette on that bed and giving her words of wisdom it's not about losing yourself it's about 
calming yourself. But if this isn't what you want, you can go home to your old life. Oh to the old you. Oh, no, why don't we get back to that me? I don't like that one. No, I don't think so. Then Monica Bellucci straddles wow. Tony Collette in this film. That is the lead. That is the lead. <laughs> you buried it. You buried it. <laughs> I needed to turn I needed to turn a head. I needed to turn a few heads. Like I said, if you want to have Eat, Pray, Love starring Tony Collette about a fish-out-of-water woman who takes over a mafia crime family, I don't know how you could go see this movie and be like, I was given anything other than exactly what I was promised. Jordan, they should have hired you to promote this film. <laughs> you were yes. selling this. This, this yes. is absolutely true. Watch this movie. Have a few laughs. Mafia Mama, maybe not a film of international import that will be submitted to the Academy Awards for consideration. Definitely but not. <laughs> perhaps not that. But it is a movie that will make you laugh and make you chuckle. Always on brand, Jordan. And <laughs> I love you. I love you for it. <laughs> Bob, you said you, you saw this movie, right? I did see it, and I am really glad that somebody liked it. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm have a more fun time. I love it. I, you, you've actually convinced me now to watch it. You've adjusted my expectations accordingly, I think, Jordan. I think, I think she is divine. She's, she's wonderful to watch. She's great fun. Yeah, um, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's as far as I'll go. <laughs> like... Well, that is Mafia Mama, which you can find, again, on Showtime and Paramount Plus with Showtime, because that's what we have to call it now. And you can also find it to rent or on VOD. Thank you so much, Jordan. So my pick, we're going to swing again in a completely opposite direction. Mm -hmm. uh, this time we are going in the direction of none other than Ira Sachs. So I chose Passages yes. as mm -hmm. my, you know, great overlooked movie of 2023, at least overlooked by PCHH this year. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a movie that I heard little about outside of the controversy around the NC-17 rating it was originally given. Sachs called it out as like the censoring of queer imagery. And then eventually Mubi distributed the film, released it without mm -hmm. a rating. But when you watch this movie, like I have seen so many movies with way more nudity, way more <laughs> very, very explicit sex scenes. I, I find it very hard to believe that this would be considered an NC-17 in any <laughs> any case, but whatever. So basically, this movie is about a turbulent love triangle that's dominated by a whiny, tortured artist. Franz Rogowski plays Tomas. He's this filmmaker mm -hmm. who's married to Martin, who's played by Ben Wishaw. And Tomas begins an affair with Aguet, who's played by Adele Ezekopoulos, who you probably recognize from Blue is the Warmest Color. Mm -hmm. Now, with this movie, your mileage might vary. Tomas is really annoying to be honest he's my mileage does not vary on that. <laughs> okay <No. laughs> he is impulsive he's self-absorbed he's a brat he thinks that the world has to bend to his emotions um he's like constantly flitting back and forth between martin and Aguette. and meanwhile they like to varying degrees put up with his mess but look, I enjoy this mess. I loved the performances. I think the final scene, which I won't, you know, divulge, but it's maddening. It's cringe-inducing. But I've also found it very satisfying. And I just loved living in this world of this, like, very European, very, like, almost Italian neorealistic French new wave. Like, everyone is just feeling so many feelings and... <laughs> 
and and making mistakes <laughs> and and not treating each other well. And I just loved living in this, and I really enjoyed it. It sounds like some of you or all of you have seen it. I, it's it's a it's a really impressive movie. I I love the the very beginning of it. He's a filmmaker. Yes. Yes. The jerk. And he is uh, truly a jerk. Yes. I mean, he's he's a jerk on the set. Then he's a jerk at home, mm-hmm. and and on the way home. I mean, it's it's like he's just awful. But I found myself so engaged by that opening bit where the film scene has started, and you aren't aware that it isn't part of the movie until he mm. steps in and interrupts it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really interestingly made film, and that ultimately, I guess you're seeing kind of. The film that he made. I'm yeah. not sure that's true, but it was my feeling about it. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a very interesting picture. I also just as a matter of principle try and watch everything Ben Vishaw is in. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. great choice. God's gift to mankind. How can you deny it? Like, but again, like you know, to your point, Aisha, Thomas just has to be in the center of everything, like fix everything. And that's what he tries doing. And which is why that ending, like you said, it's probably a little cringe. But a little. It's, it's a, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it's it's such a moment of release for me mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, I see everything that's cringeworthy in this scene, but this is important. This needed to happen. In these yes. situations that Thomas has put them in. Right. The film does yes. very interesting things to the idea of parenthood. I know it's a very... In the large scheme of things, it's a very small small thing that happens in the plot. But the idea of parenthood and what does it mean for queer people to be parents, I think those things work. You know, it's again, it's a very small part of the film, but that that kind of spoke to me. I haven't seen this one yet, but I have been, I've been very much looking forward to Ben Wishaw, A. But like maybe A with an asterisk for me is Adele Exarchopoulos, who I just... Yeah. It is like French Mia Goth. Like find like something that requires a particular like intensity or audaciousness. There's such an undeniable presence about her. She was in the tremendous movie last year, The Five Devils. This is a woman who will plunge herself into sort of anything, regardless of just sort of the magical strangeness of it, something deeply queer. Like I'm just so impressed by her as a performer in her curation of her career. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the two of them in a movie together. You know, this is a film that, and she's and her character says it in the film. This is a film that she could have been lost in mm. because of these two very primary male mm-hmm. characters, but mm. she's not because she's this amazing star. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tomas wants them lost for whatever reason, but yes, <laughs> but we won't give him that. <laughs> Nevertheless, they persist. <laughs> well, that is passages directed by Iris Sachs, and it's streaming on Mubi and also available to rent or buy on VOD. This was such a pleasure. We want to know which of your favorite 2023 films we missed. You can find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. And that brings us to the end of our show. Bob Mandelo, Jordan Cruciola, and Badatri D. Chaudhry. Thanks so much for being here. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Yes. It was great. Thank you. Thank you so much. See you guys next year. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Same place, guys. I've got some movies to add to my, my list now, so I love it. <laughs> there won't be any new ones between now and then, so that's great. None. None. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this episode was produced by Liz Metzger and edited by Mike Katzif. Audio engineering was performed by Quazy Lee. Our supervising producer is Jessica Reedy. Hello, Come In provides our theme music. Thanks so much for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Ayesha Harris, and we'll see you all tomorrow.
This message comes from NPR sponsor State Farm. If you're a small business owner, it's your life. State Farm agents are small business owners, too, so they can help you choose personalized policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Your business faces specific challenges and unique opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, custom tailored to your short and long-term goals. Backed by the expertise, strategy, and resources of a top 10 commercial bank, a dedicated team works with you to support your success and help achieve your goals. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com slash commercial. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR.